Welcome back. This is Captain Fred. You're listening to The Fifth Dimension, and we're talking about money today. And it's become, uh, well, we may actually have some ideas here that that could work. Um, Mike in Kentucky, Laura in Michigan, we're, we're investigating ways that we can try to opt out of this uh this fiat currency that uh, is basic debt um and and Mike and I were just talking about these coupons and a coupon currency is actually a type of uh a type of private currency in a lot of ways and uh, to use an example airlines have what they call frequent flyer miles programs and they issue a script, which is basically private currency, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, I'm thinking more of something that would be non-electronic and you could actually have some privacy, you know, kind of an old-fashioned thing. And it is kind of, it's not allowed to be, I think by law, you know, regulations in the United States means that it can't be directly exchanged for Federal Reserve notes. And it's, you know, it's limited by the participants. You have to have people that agree to participate in it. One of the most famous ones is Ithaca's New York Ithaca Hours, when the Rust Belt, you know, industries collapsed. That was an, a, uh, a way to keep their local economy moving amongst local businesses that were trying to survive. Uh, and their currency was never counterfeited, as far as I've ever heard, Uh so a lot of people, when you start talking about this, uh, people will come up with, well, somebody will counterfeit it, and it'll cause inflation. But, you know, if you if you get local artists involved, and you can find somebody who's willing to act as a clearinghouse and a printer, there's your basic Traverse elements. Traverse City, you Michigan know. also has that. You, you know, buy, Washington. You have to buy within Traverse City. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Speak up, Laura. I, I barely could hear you. Oh, at Traverse really City, loud. Michigan. What do they call it? Yeah, I can't remember what they call it. I don't know. Well, mine is what do you guys. crave? <laughs> what do you crave? And they have to have a marketing thing behind them. What do you crave? Cave run area voucher exchange. We have a the economies of about six, seven counties that are tied directly or indirectly to this uh, reservoir where we get our water called Cave Run Lake. It's actually not a lake, but it's uh, considered a musky capital of the world, supposedly. And uh, a lot of people come here for the recreation sort of thing. But logging industry, uh, we now have a barrel company making uh, whiskey barrel staves to put together into barrels, Kentucky whiskey, you know. We've got a university, got a hospital, you know, used to have tobacco. In fact, the world's largest tobacco warehouse was in our town. It got poetically replaced by a jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's the targeted town of Kim Davis, Moorhead, Kentucky. So I've been trying to sell this idea 14 years or something. I've been trying to sell this. I've got a Facebook group. If anyone wants to go on there, I've collected up all kinds of articles about this. And like you said... We can gripe all day long, but we need to talk about solutions. 
Right. That's what's so interesting about this. Since money is being used to enslave us, you know, we might be able to figure out a way to use money to our our, our own money to liberate us. I think that the 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 voluntary system, the voluntary I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I thought you paused there for a second. I have a delay on my phone. It's typical for, and it varies sometimes a second, uh, half a second. So it's like, uh, um, I can't remember what I was going to say now. (laughs) I was was going to say before before the year 2000, I bought gold at $280 an ounce. And silver for three dollars an ounce. I was giving it to all the children in the family. I had to tell them, "Don't sit, turn this in for a dollar. This is worth more than a dollar. Hang on to it, you know." Oh, some guy at a gas station about twelve years ago in the, in our town bought five dollars worth of gas with five silver eagles from the United States Mint, and. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine, a family member, bought them from the cashier. He says, hey, I'll buy those for you. He paid, I think he paid $2 a piece for them, $3 a piece, uh, bought them right uh, out of the drawer and gave the guy money. And he goes, hey, Mike, what are these worth? And I said, well, quite a bit. How much you want for them? And I bought them for $5 a piece, kept them for about a year, turned around and sold one of them with a Franklin quarter, uh, Franklin half, I think, for $35. And I had like five dollars and something in them but the guy was glad to get five dollars a piece you know i paid him 25 dollars and he had only spent like 10 so he was happy <laughs> i didn't feel like i ripped him off well mike anytime we engage in in uh using something of value to exchange for something we might want uh that's a form of barter or exchange and we we create that ourselves at the moment we do this i mean or in the information could... age and what i was going to say information is being tried they're trying to make that into money so our voluntary ankle bracelets as i like to call them the dang prison cell phones are what's enslaving us as much as the the fake money system whatever you, you know, want to call I, it we're a convenience oriented country or world really and most people uh, embrace the convenience of not having to carry a pocket full of gold or currency notes and the electronic uh, industry has has been moving toward this for quite some time i worked with a uh, company that invented the atm machine back in the 70s and 80s and even from that time everybody knew then that we were moving towards electronic currency. And that's not that's not to say that uh, alternative currencies can't have a place. Uh, and like you say, and like I was trying to point out before, uh, coupons, vouchers are a form of alternative currency. Anything of value that we can trade for, whether it be food or whether it be, and you say it shouldn't be exchanged for federal notes. Directly. Directly, but why not? I mean, that happens now. It will probably happen, but officially it's not going to happen. You know, officially it can't be a policy of the people promoting it. Uh, There was a guy, Bernard Von Nothaus. Did you follow his story? Yeah, I met him. 
I really? had gotten involved with him. Yeah. Tell us about this, Laura. He had a good idea. What did he say, Laura? Well, he, he tried to he offer people... warehouse receipts for his version of a silver dollar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. He, 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 of course, the federales got him. Yeah, he crossed the line somewhere by misrepresenting the thing as U.S. currency too closely. He said you know, I never he said United said States dollar. of America. Never said United States of America. I think it said, might have said Liberty dollar. and it might have said one dollar. Liberty dollar. That's what they got him yeah, on a dollar. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Well, that's, even that's Liberty Lobby had Liberty Lobby bullion coins. I mean, I. I see these commercials on I TV a lot. I even got a Ron Paul coin that's on yeah. that house made. <laughs> a lot of those you see on TV, they call them non-monetary uh, uh, mintage or something. They will come from a country like, I don't know. Um, well, it's not like the, Mar- the Mariana Islands. Huh? It's like the Israel Trump temple coin. They're they're non-monetary too, but if you'd like one with Trump and Solomon on the same coin, they're mending them now, and you can buy them out of Israel. They're only fifty dollars, and I think there's five dollars worth of silver in them. But you yeah, know, let's, let's, hey, Mike, let's let's bring on uh, Alan in Texas because I I this conversation expands as we get more ideas involved in it, and I think we're becoming we're beginning to come up with some ideas, and I, I like it. Uh, Alan, uh, join us and tell us how uh, what you feel about this topic. Uh, maybe he's not still there. I hear. Uh, Am I Alan. here now? Yes. Yes. Yeah, hey, you're here loud and clear. Hey, Admiral Fred and uh, Mike, my friend in Kentucky. Uh, great conversation. I'll call you Admiral Fred. You're not just a captain, <laughs> man. You're an admiral. I, I love having you back I'm, in the air. I'm not like your kind of military captain. I'm more like a fishing <laughs> guy. My, my friend, uh, I love your mindset and your conversation here. You know, um, you know, talking about you know the guy who got arrested. You know, for the alternate coin is it, it was because he called it a dollar, and the dollar is trademarked, and that's why he got thrown in jail. But you know. Um, what I always want to interject is that, you know, my friends, um, you know, it, it's all kind of illusory. It, it's all perceived value, you know, gold, silver, uh, you know, but the only things that are really real value are like, you know, wheat, corn, beef, you know, sheep, cattle, wool, you know, th- things that, that you can actually live with, you know. It, it's like this whole digital age. Um, you know, the one thing you can invest in that will bring you returns is Bitcoin. You know, I, I can remember when it was $500 a, a nothing, and I was going, and it, it, it's $500 a nothing, and gold $1,700 an ounce, you know. And, and, and then the, the next week I'd come on, it's like, well, now it's $800 a nothing, and gold $1,600 an ounce, you know. And uh, I, I compare Bitcoin. See, they, they presented this to us as something that we wanted to invest in. Oh, we love it. You know, we're digital. And, and and it's nothing you can hold, nothing you can perceive. And it got to, what, $35,000 and nothing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and people were just, just uh, I, I, I'm a Bitcoin millionaire. As far as I'm concerned, like everyone that invested in Bitcoin is, is like being involved in a gang rape. It's like when, when, when it comes down to it, 
and you get prosecuted, it's like, well, I only screwed her a little bit. You know, it's like you were involved in the gang rape of society. <laughs> Alan, you know, I recognize your voice now. I've spoken with you before on uh, the uh, Republic of Texas show. Is that true? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you came aboard today. You know, I, I, I enjoy the familiar voice. But this is this is something that I think has value, that we can exchange this information. And, and, and you talk about exchange uh, currency for something of value. And on RBN, people send RBN money in exchange for information of value. And I, I think that this is, I'm going to take a moment to plug the, the network, if you don't mind, Alan, but we need to send support, if we can, to RBN. These these producers that are holding this station together, these hosts that are continuing to keep this, this venue open are doing the best we can, but we need the listener support to bring in. And we can, I don't know, can we take gold or do we have to have Federal Reserve notes? At this point in time, you know, we, we can't exchange different currencies. I mean, you, you can send them Bitcoin. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure RBN can receive Bitcoin. I'm sure uh, they right. can receive gold. I'm sure they can receive Federal Reserve notes. But, you know, folks coming up in, in a very short time, you will be able to do nothing but electronic currency. You know, it, it will be nothing tangible. You know, it's like, you know, well, can I, can, can I send you a cow? You know, it's like, well, no, we can't accept the cow. Alan, I don't think um, that's true. You know, that, that in the last few weeks, uh, there was this big Internet furor over Starbucks going uh, cashless, you know. And then the, the press release from the official corporate level of Starbucks was, well, uh, we're not officially going cash, uh, cashless, but we can't uh, we can't speak for any uh, any of the franchises out there. And I think it was specifically in England, but... If you present the way, at least in America, if you present federal, current Federal Reserve notes to somebody for their services and they refuse to accept them, you walk away with your free cup of Starbucks. Not that I care about doing that, but okay. it, there's also the possibility you can turn around to somebody in line and say, hey, buy my cup of coffee. Here's five bucks, you know, and it's four dollars and fifty cents. And they'll they'll do that. They'll give they'll say, oh, well, this is quaint, you know. I lost my wallet, go, but I have this. Did you ever go to the store and say, you accept Federal Reserve notes? And they say, no, we only accept dollars. <laughs> I don't even know I, what they are. I, I shorted, shorted out a, a nephew of mine uh, when he was like 10, 10, 11 years old. He goes, Uncle Mike, do you have a dollar? And I, I opened up my wallet and I pulled a you know, Federal Reserve note. And I said, no, I have a dollar bill. Are you going to pay it? He goes, that's a dollar. I said, no, this is a dollar bill. I'm not going to pay it. Are you going to pay it? He goes, that's a dollar. I was like, no, look on it. It says Federal Reserve note, and there's no promise to pay. Are you going to pay it? Goes, Just give me the dollar. Well, hey, Mike, listen, I, I know that and I, we, I, I broke away and, and put in a plug for funding the network here. Yeah. But back uh, in the 60s, I remember there was a – a nonprofit organization that I belonged to that had received uh, some stocks. And they I think they were like 500 shares. And back in the 60s, the stocks, 
weren't really perceived as being valuable, but they were called PepsiCo. <laughs> before the Mormons bought them. <laughs> well, before they were worth, that was before they started doubling and tripling and whatever else they did. But but that did finance and stayed with the the current uh, uh, currencies and and it and this organization still maintains those stocks and lives off of those dividends. Somebody could donate stocks to RBN, couldn't they? Would that be of value? Or or they might consider them valueless. Who knows? They may be worthless now, but in 10 years they could be worth a fortune. Those I understand are, that stocks, in order to be redeemed or traded, they have to be pristine condition. I mean, you want them in... So if you're going to mail anything of value to RBN or anybody, really, you should get it insured, do it certified or even better, it's more expensive, but registered mail, return receipt requested so that you get the receipt that it was actually delivered. Hey, well, hey, Sam, uh, give me the address to RBN again, and I'll send you a cow. Okay, how about that? (laughs) That's something actually useful. It's like, you know, well, it might not do much for the financial situation, but you can eat the damn cow, you know? Well, Um, Well, actually, that's not a bad idea. This is the world of today, you know? Things that are tangible are are useless. Things that you can't even see. Bitcoin is is just something that's floating around out there in the digital world, but it's worth $35,000 a damn nothing. I mean... this world is just insane, guys. I'm sorry. Well, that's why you try to educate people and get blow their mind like I did my nephew. You try to get them to think about it rather than to just go through the motions like a zombie. Do the same thing. Yeah. Over and over again. Well, yeah, are you going to pay this dollar bill? Economy. I'm going to give you this dollar bill, but are you going to pay it? I'm not going to pay it. My generation is not going to pay any of those bills. Well, Mike, this seems like the government has expanded this economy like they've done it a hundred times before. They print currency and they give it to the banks to loan to people. And now we've got millions of people coming into this country. And it's been my theory that when you print trillions of dollars of debt, they they can't loan me this money anymore because I'm too old to really pay for it. But if if they print, print trillions of dollars of debt, they need they need trillions of dollars of debt. So the people that come across this border, the first thing they do when they get them a job is they go down to the Chevrolet dealer and buy them a brand spanking new $50,000 pickup truck. Because they can, because they have a job. Well, and when, when they become U.S. citizens, they become an asset as a surety for the national debt. But way back when, when, when automobiles were, were first coming in, you know, uh, it, it, you know, I, I remember hearing, you know, this little joke, you know, it's like, you know, the guy went up and said, hey, you know, you can you can buy a tractor and you can plow your land much more efficiently, you know, with this tractor. And, and the farmer academy said, when you can get one tractor to reproduce with another one and make me another tractor. I might think about it. You know, it's like you know, if you've got a couple of couple of horses and you can, and you can have a horse, you know, reproduce another horse that can plow your land. You know, uh, you know, it, we've been pulled away from nature, away from everything. You know, <laughs> and you know, it it, ha- it has a, you know the modern world has its advantages, but it also has its major drawbacks. 
you go up in a hot air balloon and you cut off all your ballast, what's going to happen? That's what we've done. We've cut the gold and silver yeah. was a kind of a ballast for the dollar, yeah. and it and it good it, it curbed Mike. inflation. And, and well, I don't Mike, know if you've ever seen these uh, weather balloons. When they get high enough, the, you know the helium weather balloons actually explode, and that's what brings them down. The, bu- the bubble pops and everything comes down. Gee, yeah. didn't we go through that in like 2008? Yeah. No, Mike, just... I, I, you can't help but believe that with millions of new, uh, let's call them Americans, that come into this country, legal or illegally, they're all going into debt. Everybody that comes into this country that has nothing goes into debt. And we're all part of that network of debt and opening these borders, bringing in all these new debtors has only helped absorb all this money that's been put into the bank. When, when the Congress, when the, the president, either Trump or Biden, uh, produced these trillion dollar bills, they didn't give them to me and you, they gave them to the banks to loan to me and you. Right. That's all the, Federal Reserve blips, whatever you want to call them, accounting money of count is loaned into circulation. Right. They loan money in circulation. Before COVID, we had a booming middle class. But this middle class went bankrupt because they couldn't operate their business. And the banks didn't give them the money they lost. They offered to loan them money to continue being in business. So basically, businesses that had bootstrapped themselves up and became viable uh, private enterprise were bankrupted. And then they were bailed out by borrowed money or money that was printed and put into circulation through these banks. So every one well, there of these, are some of them, well, I think, that can get loan forgiveness. But uh, or, 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 hey, hey, guys, how about this? How about um, you know the natural infrastructure growth? You know, with the growing population, you know, with, with just your 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 normal local population reproducing and and you know having children in a city growing. When you have tens of millions of invaders coming across. It's like, you know, uh, Lake Me, you're being drained dry. It's like, well, for one thing, they, they built in the middle of a desert, but it, you know, but it, it was the largest, you know, one of the largest, you know, water reservoirs in the country. But when you consider tens or hundreds of millions of invaders coming across and all of a sudden being there, and how does the infrastructure grow at that, at that rate? You know, it's like, well, sure, everything's going to be depleted, you know? It's all planned. It's a destruction, demographic warfare, whatever you want to call it. It's a planned and a very well-calculated long-term destruction of our basic, if you want to call it, the hegemony of our country, you know, the American mindset. You know, well, we'll accept anyone. But, man, when you want to accept too much or too many of anyone's, it's going to go to hell. And it has, (laughs) and it is. Well, you know, I think that... Uh, uh, Laura, hang on. From that Illuminati card game, it was yeah. made in 1995. Yeah, it has the twin towers, got the Pentagon, and then he went further. It also has a guy hanging and says, "I used the wrong pronouns." Now, who <laughs> knew in '95 that there was a pronoun it. thing going on? Nobody would have guessed that in a uh, million not years. Not very many. No, no. They were I having at the time it. 
when that was going on, there were some hints at what was going to happen, but they changed the name of the seminars that they had on campus to ovulars. The campus crowd was way ahead of society on the, the uh, woke yeah. stuff. Hey, the Mike, uh, listen, yeah. Laura, Mike, Allen, uh, let's, let's see if we can bring in another idea. I've got Matthew in Louisiana. Matthew, would you like to join into this um, conversation with us? Uh, I, is Matthew Over. still on? Matthew, you're on. Uh, oh, maybe he's gone. Oh, there you are. Captain Fred. Yeah, Matthew. Well, it's been a while. I mean, I learned that your uh, sailboat in the Gulf of Mexico ended up in the Rocky Mountains, huh? <laughs> well, no, Captain Chris. Still, <laughs> Captain Chris comes on. He's still sailing the Gulf of Mexico, but must have been in the Rocky. Yeah, I run aground up here. I'm I'm right now right at eight thousand feet, and I'm waiting for the flood. Right, it's like when you find shark teeth, you know, uh, in the mountains. You know, you wonder what's going on, and and it's a sub note is that it's sometime on a personal phone call. I want to talk to Alan uh, in Texas, our sister state. We call you the sister over there, you know. Uh, well, I, 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 the... I'll, I'll be anyone's kin that I can because I don't find many hey, family no, that I can. Hey. I, uh, yeah, we're brothers. <laughs> no, but I want to talk to you about Indian artifacts because you were talking about that one day, you know. And uh, you know, I just really want to. Uh, I've got seven or eight hundred arrowheads that have come. Wait a second! Now, is this about money? From one foot to ten foot down in the dirt. No, look, look. Arrowheads were one of the earliest currencies in the United States of America, or rather, the uh, ancient America. Yeah. So, Alan knows what I'm talking about. They had value, intrinsic value. Intrinsic value. Guys, every time I find one, I don't, I don't think about how much this is worth. It's like. Man, the last person that touched this might have been six, eight thousand years ago. You know, it it, it, it just awes me the history of the object, not the worth of it. it but you no, know, but if it's a paleo point, and amazingly, if you find a, a point, uh, you know, Clovis, we love that Clovis points. But you know, you're talking about something ten, fifteen thousand years ago. It it still maintains an edge. You can still use it un un uh, sharpened, unnapped. Yeah, you want you want to come onto my property? I, I I can put on the end of a stick and kill you with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, no, yeah. Not, if, not if that's not if that's my invitation. If that's my invitation, I would never come on your property. I was just if you said you want to come onto my property and bring a shovel, I was ready to pack my bags. But not if that's the invitation. So we're going back to the uh, the issuance of currency, monetary value, right? See. Silver, when silver was coinage, gold coinage, it had an inherent utilitarian uh, monetary intrinsic value. And now yep. what we have are a debt system of paper currency. Well, currencies to begin with were for convenience, for being able to, to do transactions conveniently. And so, so Admiralty, how is law. It? Admiralty law brought that in because it was slips. You know, it was script. You know, so you pull into a port, they would hand you a paper accounting sheet of what you delivered and what you were going to be paid when you got back in England or whatever else in gold. A bill of lading. Yeah. Yeah. So that's admiralty law. Absolutely. Well, I think it's you know, the uh, code of uh, Babylonia commerce, uh, 
You know, I didn't realize that there's a show on here with that Roger Sales. He talked about how Romans had natural law before the the commerce uh, laws and contract took over. We all had natural law until we allowed ourselves, we consented to slavery. Speaking of arrowheads here, guys, you know, you know, I, I grew up in Arkansas, and uh, and and we would go and and look for arrowheads in like bluff dwellings, and we would find Edwards Plateau Flint, which is from here in Central Texas. We would find Edwards Plateau Flint, which you did not find in 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 in, in Western Arkansas, you know, or Northwestern Arkansas. Right. You would not find it up there. So the Indian tribes themselves, they traded flint. As currency. Oh, without question. I mean, and, and it would have been unnapped, unrefined flint as a, as, a, as a trade currency. And really, here in Louisiana, particularly South Louisiana, as you go further north, like to middle uh, part of Louisiana and up to Shreveport, you know, which is heading towards Arkansas, then you actually have stone. But if you find the stone axe in South Louisiana, that was an import item. I mean, that was an import item, whether... Uh, raw material, or uh, as a refined axe. I mean, you know, and I only have one. I only have one. You know, one from uh, up uh, uh, near uh, the mounds uh, there in LSU, Louisiana State University. Um, here in Kentucky, you know, we've had this legend of Jonathan Swift's silver mine and all this stuff about how the the Native Americans must have had some kind of weird. Uh, process to refine silver out of some plants or something. There's all kinds of people trying to figure this out. Where did they get all the silver? But as you're pointing out, there is long-range trade routes that were going on. Yeah. The question is, where did they Hey, get folks, it folks, folks, let's hold these thoughts. I want to talk about Bretton Woods here in uh, uh, the next half hour. This is Captain Fred in the Fifth Dimension. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. While we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country, here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network 
plus products at the best prices is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. back in um 1944 there was the uh woods conference and what they did was tried to create a foreign exchange system they created the international monetary fund and the world bank and in 1970 when Nixon decided we weren't going to exchange gold for uh, currency anymore. That was pretty much dissolved. But the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank still exist. You know, we've been trying to come up with a way to exchange, but if, if Utah comes out with a currency, if Texas comes out with a currency, wouldn't a... An agreement, an exchange agreement, be necessary for more of these monetary uh, or currency exchanges to be to, to be worked out. Wouldn't that be a, a solution? You know, Captain Fred, I, I'm going to change my identity right now from Allen in Texas to Christine Lagarde. And yes, <laughs> I, the International Monetary Fund is a great thing. And, and if you say anything bad about me, I'm going to have someone come and arrest you. <laughs> Captain Fred, Captain <laughs> yeah. Fred, I've got to go pretty quick here. Can I just oh. say a couple of things? You remember last week we were talking about unlicensed radio stations? You yeah. You helped me with it? Faster straw yes. cutter, Adrian Michigan, had a very successful unlicensed radio station. I've lost touch with them. I'm not sure if they still have it or not, but that's who helped me the most. I think that we're kind of a pirate station here at RBN in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, I just want to say 1913, also, they started the IRS. I mean, that 1913 was a bad year. The IRS was started in 1916, I think. Very bad year. Well, uh, Laura, I appreciate you joining us today if you've got to run. Yeah, i got to go. Okay, thank you. Thanks for the call, Earl. And, and but, Captain Fred, if I can say, you know, uh, you know, Laura, Laura, you know, um, Mike, you know, our, our other guests, you know, you know, uh, folks, if you like hearing this kind of conversation, I, Fred, I, I, Captain Fred, I love you for having us on here, and having, and I've tried not to break in too much, but you know, Mike in Kentucky, I mean, we've all got our knowledge base, you know, and folks, you're not going to find this too many other places. 
RBN is one of the few places where you can hear this kind of conversation, where it's not just one person talking to you. It's people having discussions. It's great. I love, I've always loved this platform. You know, I, I, I've been to John Statmiller's house, met him. Uh, you know, I, I know Mike, you know. My, Mike actually the other night said he, was, he went to Subiaco Academy, and I'm like, what? It's like, that's right at Fort Smith, Arkansas, where I grew up, you know. Uh, it, these, weird, these weird little coincidences that you find when you can actually, actually converse with people and have, and have discussions instead of just one person up here telling you what they perceive that they know, it's great to have these conversations, and I thank you, Captain Fred, for let, allowing me to be on here. You know, with, with these these great these great people, they are my family. Absolutely. the the, the interesting thing about RPN, RBN, I don't think are the host. I think it is the listeners. I've I've heard more more interesting and 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 worthwhile ideas come from callers than I have heard from hosts and from my own self too. I, I believe that, that this exchange of information on RBN is so valuable. And, and it's like you, Alan, I've been to the studio last month. I broadcast a show from the studio and it's the same as it was five or six years ago. The first time I ever went by the studio and these kids that are trying to keep this network together are are working their hearts out to do this. And it's not easy on them. It's extremely stressful what they're trying to get accomplished. Are they getting rich? More than likely not. No way. They're, they're, believe me, those kids are working on a minimum of budgets. They are struggling to, to keep this thing together. And I think sometimes pe- people, when they're faced with the disaster of John's death, Try to keep this thing together so that the solution will manifest it some, itself somehow. Well, that that this yeah. this station will manifest what it will become from John Statmiller, and and I'm honored to be back on this network too. I, I want to thank people for for I, giving I, me I this opportunity. I love hearing you back, Captain Fred. I love hearing your voice Captain again, Fred. man. You know, Captain you know, you, you you were talking a while back. You know, talking about you know everyone was talking about you know their. There are, uh, you know, marijuana brownie recipes and everything. You know, you're living in Colorado <laughs> where it's legal now. And, and, and I almost felt like calling up and giving you, like, my mushroom tea recipe, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I've had a pretty wild existence. I, I live life. I experience a lot of different things. But, you know, um, and, and I, I, I really do hate the tight-ass society that, you know, people don't they're, – they're regimented into one strict – Stick up your butt way of thinking. And, you know, if you experience and you live life and you've actually experienced different things, you can accept different things and your mind stays open and you can accept really the totality of this freaking nightmare that we're having to live in now. It's not nice, but, but you no, you no. see different ways of looking at things and you can accept it. Alan, Captain Fred, am I still on or not? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Oh, geez. No, I just didn't know if they cut me off. Okay. No, from Louisiana, you know, uh, coming from Louisiana, uh, you know, uh, well, I mean, think about this, you know, as, you know, you're, uh, I remember you a number of years ago and then you disappeared. It was good. I mean, it was bad. I mean, I miss the old phonics of you on your boat with the winds coming in. It was, it was some good, uh, and I would love a Xerox of your father's book, but we'll talk about that later. Um, you see, the thing is, is that uh, back then, marijuana was illegal, and you'd go to jail for a gram of it, right? You know? It's still now, illegal in miss- Texas. 
Well, okay, okay. Well, you know, but the government's taken over the taxation, you know, which is why they did it in the first place. It was uh, made illegal. But you know that. But the point is, now if you misgender someone, you go to jail. So at the point where the American people were learning, were losing the English language, the ability to speak, the ability to read paper books, write cursive, etc. At the at that precise moment when we were losing all of our uh, uh, literature and uh, writing and thinking capabilities, now you may get killed if you use the wrong wrong pronoun. Pretty interesting, huh? I think that ma- people ma- have ma- been conditioned. Magnetic ma- ma- warfare. I, I, I had a talk a- after our show this morning. I, I called my friend Lark in Texas, and I talked with him for like an hour about magnetic ma- ma- warfare, whatever, you know, the, the change in the words and the guy. terminology and, and what, you know, community used to mean. It's like you and the people around you. Now it's completely different. It's been bastardized, and this this is what they're doing to everything. Look, I'm, I'm sorry, Captain Fred. I'll shut up. Lark is a Louisiana boy. He's from Shreveport. So yeah. you know, I have family up there, you know. So yeah. you know, you know the way Louisianians are ca- uh, categorized, and Hollywood cast us as complete idiots, backwater people. You know, and, <laughs> my and next door, really, I mean, my next door neighbor's from Louisiana, and he was just here a few minutes ago, and 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 we consider ourselves the two Southerners around. Here. <laughs> but, oh, you know, you, do you do you call him a coon ass? Do you? Yes, I do. No. <laughs> so what about the? It's being from Louisiana, what do you know about Louisiana rescinding their ratification of the 14th Amendment? Because that's got a big paragraph in it. The 14th at. or 13th, you mean? No, the 14th. Jan- um, uh, no. Andrew Johnson didn't want to ratify it. I think it was just like the uh, thir- the 13th, uh, the uh, 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 1913 Federal Reserve Act and the 16th Amendment. No. The Fourteenth Amendment was simply declared to be ratified yeah, declared. by the Secretary I've of State. See, I, see, I've seen that in footnotes, but I've never been able to like access, or I've never made the initiative to, to access or attempt to access archives. But uh, well, like I, was, I said, I Alan, was I'm a, nerdy enough when I was in the seventh and eighth grade. We had the same uh, American government book, and I would probably come up with a couple of Franklin half dollars if somebody could get me a copy of that book because it did not have all four paragraphs of the 14th Amendment. And read that fourth paragraph. It's pretty interesting. Well, I think that's the reason why Louisiana refused to ratify it was because it wasn't complete, right? No. Likely so. Well, the 14th Amendment, you know, has to do with uh, – a voluntary, voluntary servitude, but it, it basically right. says... Slavery, in, slavery, slavery. Right. Well, yeah, servitude is the word e- they e- use. Yeah, but but servit- an, either be an involuntary slave or be a voluntary slave. Yeah, but yeah. servitude also applies to immovable property. It's a uh, it's a legal land language. So servitude, no, I, I think if it applies to human beings or men in the flesh, according to natural law... I think that slavery is a more appropriate term than servitude, which could be well, just access. You know, to your uh, gentlemen, when when I was reading the history of uh, money in the United States, that uh, critical uh, circular that went out during uh, or before the Civil War said that um, they believed that the uh, that slavery was basically the ownership of labor, and they intended on controlling it through money. 
And that's kind of what's happened right now. They what, what, control yeah, what, what labor. Do corporations they control do. labor by money. What, what, what do corporations do? If you go against corporate policy, you know, e- even if you're like you're helping out a little grandmother to keep her from losing her house, you go against corporate policy, you don't exist no more. Because if you're not a piece of crap, you know, you don't exist. Y- yes. All Thank I you, have Captain to say Chris. is do not, do not, under any circumstance, do not misgender um, human resources. But going back to uh, labor, all right, going back to labor. Now, when, you know, this COVID thing, uh, you know, apparently, uh, uh, you know, uh, was started in March of 2020. I was sitting exactly where I am right now uh, in the heart of New Orleans, all right? And I was reading a book actually printed or published, written, rather, by uh, the then- president in like 1967 something like that of the federal reserve and it was on it's basically uh, like philately like stamp collecting but it was uh, a book on uh, depression era script and there's no t after that or uh, script so it was paper money that was used uh between the years 1929 um 33 basically you know one year before and after perhaps and it was what was interesting is that the Louisiana uh, private script, which is not Federal Reserve notes or anything affiliated with it, it could be from a railroad station, it could be from a bank, it could be from a corporation, private employer, etc. They were um, denominated in minutes of labor. So right. it would be like, yeah. Oh, man. So oh, oh, hey, hey, guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean there is find no this. gender to slave. What, what, no, watch a movie no. called In Time. I N T I M E. You want to you want to see what's coming? You want to talk about uh, you know your minutes of labor? Watch a movie called In Time. It's Justin Timberlake is the main actor, but watch what the movie presents to you, and you want to know what's coming? This is what they're bringing towards us. And and all those fools, you know, after this great pandemic, which didn't happen. Um, uh, uh, which never occurred. There was no pandemic. And I said that as I was reading this book on the uh, Depression era script of the Great Depression in America. So, but the thing is, forget the epidemiology of this. The point is this, is that, um, uh, you know, we have been basically, uh, uh, you know, thrown in the concept of UBI, universal basic income, uh, was not originated, but it was promoted heavily in the last two and a half years. But the thing is, is that the concept of most uh, of, you know, the uh, sheeple or the, you know, the commoners or the people who do not have the capacity for uh, individual uh, thought or reason or contemplation or are devoid of any education, you know, they are of the belief that universal basic income is uh, something that you get through or via inactivity so you can sit on your ass and get you know numerical matthew money this this sounds like um i don't know have you are you familiar with the protocols of zion absolutely well you know in the sixth protocol it says we will force up wages which however will be of no benefit to workers I now think this is the Henry Ford version of this. Of this, it says we will uh, force up uh, 
wages, which is, but it's no benefit for we at the same time will cause a rise in the price of prime necessities, pretending that this is due to decline of agriculture and of cattle raising. We will also artfully and deeply undermine the sources of production by installing in the workmen ideas of anarchy and encourage them in the use of alcohol, at the same time taking measures to drive all the intellectual forces of the Gentiles from the land, the sixth protocol. Now, doesn't that isn't that what you're talking about when the... Uh, oh, Cap- Captain when- Fred, here we are, uh, here, the United States of America, or the United States, or whatever corporation we might be talking about, the ground that my, the tierra firma, my, my uh, feet are on, those, uh, the land that your feet are on, and Alan, well, we know he was, and I was going to go visit him until he told me he put an arrowhead on a stick and kill me, but, uh, you know, but, you know I, I like your passion. I like it. Just let me know you're coming and you'll be safe. But how about, how about this? No, I certainly would, uh, I would send you a letter, you know, but think about this, you know, Professor Nealis, you know, there in 1908 was the, uh, uh, the man responsible for that correspondence and the publication of uh, the protocols. And, uh, hey, hey, uh, hey, Matthew, Matthew, you, um, Fred, um, I, Mike already has my phone number. In fact, I think I talked to him last night off air. Um, uh, uh, talk, talk to Sam. He can give you my number. Sam, you can give him my number. Right. It's fine with me. I would love to talk to both of these guys off air well, for I, hours I and hours me. on end I because me. I do talk I with these me. people for hours on end after after the show. See, I'm old-fashioned. You know, I, collect, I collect paper books, you know. Uh, paper money, that's another problem. But... The month, the the uh, idea—it's not an idea because it's been done before. But the 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 issuance of currency based on units of labor, whether that's fifteen minutes, thirty minutes, sixty minutes, hundred hours, a hundred days. That was Ithaca Money hours based in on New York. Labor. Ithaca. Well, <laughs> No, no. Hey, hey folks. Hey, guys, uh, it, it's the end of the show. I'll drop off. Thank you, Captain Well, no, Fred. I don't oh, think it Mike, is the end of the show. I think we're, we're taking a preemptive break on this. I think Sam wants us to cool off a little bit. This is Captain Fred. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Hey, do you have a house or office with a musty smell or mold? Studies have shown that essential oils like the ones in our Thief and Robbers blend will kill or inhibit mold, viruses, bacteria, or fungus. Just diffuse with it, and you'll see the long-lasting effects that even synthetic chemicals don't achieve. Check us out at SusannaSecret.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-A-S, Secret.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-A-S, Secret.com. Hello, I'm Peter Serafine, and I'm the new host of National Intel Report on Thursdays here on Republic Broadcasting Network. I'm a gun-owning constitutionalist who believes that the only role of government is to protect my rights. I believe the First Amendment makes us free, and the Second Amendment keeps us free. If those ideas sound good to you, then join me in the National Intel Report Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Republic Broadcasting Network. My name is John, I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back, 
uh, to the U.S. I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it, and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Well, I hope that you've been having the time of your life. Just remember... You gotta always think twice I remember when I remember, I remember when I lost my mind But there was something so special about that day Even your emotions had a let go So much space Welcome back, folks. Uh, this is the last segment of the show today, and I think Mike may still be on the line. Alan's still on the line, and Matthew, I hope we're all still here. You know, the, the yep. protocol that I read, the sixth protocol, said, said we'll for, force up wages, but it's not going to be of any benefit because at the same time, we're going to ra- raise the prices of all the necessities. This has been going on for the last two years it, it seemed in like warp speed to use a common phrase and they blame it. And it says in, in the protocol that they're going to pretend that this is due to the decline in agriculture and cattle. How, how much closer to reality could the sixth protocol be? It doesn't really matter what currency we use because they're going to continue to, to uh, dump and pump the economy however they need to. It, it's really interesting that the dollar maintains the, the top of the pyramid for currency exchanges. Is, is it me or don't you think that's a little strange or is it that they're, pan, they're panicking Fred. people? Uh, Go ahead. Yep, yep. Captain Fred, um, the, anti-Masonic, uh, the anti-Masonic party uh, in the United States was founded on September 11th, 1833, in yeah. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and that's all I have. Oh, my God. 
Hey, hey guys, guys, I, I I will drop off with um saying thank you, Captain Fred, for allowing to be on with um part of my family here. You know, all, all y'all listening, you callers, um, Mike, Matthew, Captain Fred, um, Sam, um, Mike, all the people have, at RBN, Alan, y'all Alan, are my family. Have... Y'all help me keep my sanity. Thank you for allowing yeah, me to come on and and have these conversations, man. This is this is freaking great. Y'all are the only yeah, but... family I have. My my actual family is dead to me, even though they're still alive. And and many of you out there have experienced this. We've we've got it. You know, like minds, we have to stay together. I love all y'all out there. And with that, I will drop off. Thank you, but Captain Alan, Fred, no, no, no. and we Alan, will talk again, Alan, my friend. Please, no, yeah, uh, Mark, no, Mark. Oh, wait a second. Wait a Alan, second. Can, we still have uh, three this, minutes of labor. Yeah, we still have three minutes of labor. Well said. Well said, Mike. We still have three minutes of labor. Matthew. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, when the we people should. have assets that they hold in their own purse and pocket that they actually own, it makes it harder to do this sort of stuff like you're talking about to manipulate the value of stuff. Because they, they would hold silver and gold and, and even brass, you know, all the biblical holdings, as well as their land, you know, true title, elodial title, that sort of stuff. But it's all been commercialized, and it's more easily manipulated, I think, because of that. So it's been a long what, process, the, 100 years. Yeah, but but the manipulation of reality is our deadliest force that we're facing Absolutely. now, not monetary. Yeah, and, and that's it's what I'm saying. You know, we can do that with, a, with, with your nephew or something. You know, it's a dollar bill. Are you yeah. going to pay it? And, and when you look at the fourth yeah. paragraph of the 14th Amendment, it says you shall not question a national debt. Well, well you could, so yeah. they've outlawed odious debt. The government can do you I've done a show on odious debt, and I think it deserves a lot more attention than it's been getting lately. I think that that this regime that's in the White House right now is accumulating odious debt, uh, but it could go back for several different regimes. Who knows? I don't know for sure. But uh, right. but I think that I think that the one thing that we can take away from this conversation is that bar, barter is not dead. We can still no. barter. We can that's still what you need to facilitate it, though, with something that's fairly recognizable I in would, your market. I would love hey, one last statement. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a cow next statement. week. I would uh, love one last statement. <laughs> that the same forces that can create money from nothing can also create a deadly pandemic from nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I mean well that. said. Thank you, Matthew. I, mean that. I appreciate yeah. you joining me today. Uh, and we're about out of time now. And it has been a, a kind of a uh, enlightening conversation in a lot of ways. We can, we can take some uh, uh, positive actions for ourselves in our lives. Well, till next week, this is Captain Fred. This is the Fifth Dimension on Republic Broadcasting. We'll be back. Thank you. Even while we You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.